Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles True Crime Podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants everyone to know that three beers can erase eight hours of frustration in 15 minutes. <laughs> and that's all the math you need to know. You said that right. That's Dale. <laughs> that's a good advertiser anyway. That's your kind of math, ain't it? <laughs> that's right. Hey, what's going on, dude? <laughs> yeah, I don't math. <laughs> what's happening? Uh, hey, I'm good. How are you, bud? Oh, excellent, excellent. Excellent. Oh, man. Been a good day. It's been a real good day. Yeah. Because tomorrow's Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, we record these on Thursday. I don't know if anybody knows that or not, but we record on Thursday. We do. And drop them on Monday. We drop them. Yeah. In between Thursday and Monday, you make a lot of magic happen. I, I do some work. <laughs> nah. People only knew, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one take Johnson, is it? No. Uh-uh. Well, actually, it is. It's just a whole lot of sawing goes in between. Yeah. A lot of handyman work. A lot of cutting out and splicing and stuff. Don't give it all away. No, but we make it work. Yeah. Yeah. No, you make it work. I just just make colorful colorful photos. Uh, You do the the work. (laughs) Uh, What's going on? You got any good shout outs or anything you want to, anybody want to mention before we get started? Let's do that, man. We got a Apple Podcast five-star hero today. Apple Podcast. Yeah, J Color 3. Said they came for the local stories and they stayed for the dad jokes. Dad jokes. (laughs) Are we, do, are we dad joking? Yeah, I've but, been told we do dad jokes. Uh, I'm a dad, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're one of her favorites, so we appreciate you jumping on and giving us a five star. And anybody else who does, we appreciate it greatly. We do appreciate it. Uh, we got a, an awesome, I just want to give a shout out to our buddy, Auntie in Finland, man. He sent us a killer video message the other day, and it was just awesome. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude I really appreciate that. Yeah, we hadn't, res- <laughs> we hadn't responded to it, Auntie, but... We're going to. Yeah, we're going- <laughs> we'll send you a video back. Yeah, that was that was really killer. Thanks yeah. so much, man. Made my day. That made my day. All right, man. And, okay, we got a few. I'm going to jump over to YouTube, and we got a couple comments there that I'd like to throw out. You know, our buddy uh, D-Boy, he, uh, he just said that uh, he had to stop during... Uh, Episode uh, 109, the extra large pizza murder, and order a pizza. <laughs> right in the middle of it. <laughs> right in the middle I'm of it. we could fling that craving on you. That's right. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And we got a message from uh, Ryan Sippler. Said uh, he loved us doing some uh, obscure cases, and uh, thought it was pretty cool. Are we obscure? We can be. Obscure cases? Yeah, we'll just find one nobody knows about. Mm. One of these days, we'll just make one up, and nobody will know, and then when at the end, we'll go, ta-da, we could. Yeah. We'll do a for fool's show like that. Okay. Y'all forget about it by then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one more. We had a uh, thanks to uh, Gish, G-I-S-H, who simply put up the 704 and a couple of hearts for oh, our area code. Ain't that just special? That was awesome. That is. Cool. It was. them to cockles. Yeah. If anybody wants to get a shout out or anything, just go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star and write a review in the box. Because you got to write a review in the box for it to show up. Yeah, at least that way we'll know who it is. Yeah. You know, it'll tell us, you know, there'll be another number with a five star. But if you type something in the box, it'll actually tell us who it is. Yes, it'll show up at the bottom. It'll, it'll be the most current. That way we can shout you out. Yes, and we'll be glad to do it. Yeah, we don't even charge for it, that or nothing, you know. Anyway. But the Apple Podcast you talked about a little bit ago, that's... Uh, Lady, it works with my wife, and I sent her some stickers and whatnots and some oh, goodies. Cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, ain't that sweet. Yeah, she says we're one of her favorites. Well. Yeah. I know a couple other podcasts you listen to, so I think we're better than them. So. Yeah. Well, we're better than everybody. Yeah. We are. <laughs> we're the best one out of this basement, anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with nothing else, we're going to get going, bud. Now let's roll. And if I'm just going to say... If you're not pissed off and you want to be pissed off, you'll be pissed off after this episode. Don't even get me started. Oh, me and Dale's been researching for this case, and he said, this makes me so Damn mad. mad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is messed up. Yeah, I told him earlier, I said, we don't never do trigger warnings because, you know, you know what you're going to get when you come in here. But It's true crime. It, it's all a trigger warning. <laughs> but we might today, just for the curse words, you might be coming out of here lately. Yeah. <laughs> I might be coming in like a storm because this really pisses me off no, it pissed him off bad i've been mad all day <laughs> did the good thing i had them three beers yeah we're going to get started with this and this is the case of candace hiltz hiltz and candace she was born on december the 22nd 1988 almost a christmas baby mm-hmm. in canyon city colorado and this is in the county of fremont well yeah and she was, like I said, she was a Christmas baby, and she was born into a family with a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. They, she had several brothers and sisters. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. 
And she was so much of a Christmas baby. When they brought her home from the hospital, they actually put her under the Christmas tree. Well. Gently laid her down so that the other siblings would know they got a new sister for Christmas. Oh, How about that? That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Now, when Candace was five years old, her father passed away. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad. And Candace just barely had a memory of him. Yeah. You know, I guess that age, you just you remember certain things and... Some things you don't. I never did see what happened to him. No, I never did either. So I guess, I mean, it's kind of relevant to the story, but I was, you know me, I'm nosy. Man, yeah, I'd like to know. <laughs> It'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. But anyway, by the age 11, now get this. Yeah, she's a real child prodigy. Very, very smart kid. Brilliant. By the age 11, she was doing calculus. 11? 11 Hell years I, old. Hell, I can't even spell calculus. No, I can't either. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> But she was doing it by 11. Yeah, I failed. That's amazing. I failed math because I couldn't spell calculus in English. <laughs> but, yeah, she was doing calculus by the age of 11. And she was also described by her friends as a tomboy. Because yeah. I guess she had a lot of brothers. So she had to. She didn't have much choice. Yeah, she had to. She was raised up by the rough hairs. <laughs> yeah, and said, so, you know, she was also involved in bodybuilding at some point. So I figure my, my guess is they probably had a weight bench or something laying around mm-hmm. there with all them guys there. Yeah. Candace was only five foot two mm-hmm. at the time of her murder, which, you know, it's a little bit of spoiler alert, but. Golly, Donnie. But she was described as being strong and had a subtle feminine side, and she had an eye for jewelry, and she liked necklaces with round beads. Yeah, that was her specialty. Yeah. And she was even quoted saying, you know, from her friends, even saying that she was funny, intelligent headstrong and fierce as they come yeah and she would stand up for anyone who was bullied or mistreated yeah she was short in stature but she didn't take no shit yeah she and was she protected all of her friends and anybody around her yeah and her brothers too she really looked up to her brothers yeah yep and her mom was dolores hilts and she would even later say that you know she stood up for people on the bus mm-hmm. and had no patience for bullies that's what her mama said that's right mm-hmm. and she would even point to her necklace and say that she has more balls and bigger balls than any of her brothers. I'm sure they like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> and she had a dream of becoming a lawyer. She wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. Yes. In the, in the end. But get this. Now, she was so smart. By the age of 17, Dale, she was already in her third year of college at Brigham Young University. Yeah. College. Yeah. I mean, she'd, she'd skip grades. Yep so far ahead yeah that's crazy man but at 16 some things had changed for her yeah yeah 16 she got pregnant yeah and that it changed her life quite a bit but she was bound and determined to stay focused on her studies right well she said she was willing to put off her education for a little bit you know even if she was to, to take a few years off hell when she went back she would still be the same you know it basically would put her back with her age group but she decided not to do that, and I think she went to uh, taking online classes. Yeah, through Brigham Young. Yeah. Yeah. And she had even been accepted to Stanford Law. Yeah. That's very, very That's prestigious. Time, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, she was on her way to achieving her goal as becoming Supreme Court Justice. But she gave birth to a little girl named Paige in September of 2005. But... Paige was born with hydrocephalus, and I looked this up, and it is an abnormal buildup of cerebral spinal fluid on Mm. the brain, and this can lead to developmental delays, brain damage, and even Even death. death, Yeah, Yeah. and they told her that the prognosis of Paige would... She's probably probably not going to live long. No, probably not, but she would spend every waking hour with Paige making the most of it yeah they didn't think she would make it long at all actually Mm -mm. candace she had an older brother named james yeah well one of them i guess yeah one of them she had a lot of brothers not really a lot out there about any of the rest of the siblings except for james is there now i did uh do a little snooping today on uh candace's mom's facebook page and i did see some of her friends that were some of candace's brothers okay and I, i did see some of their pictures but you know i don't know how many she had and and how many have Facebook accounts? So, right. Yeah, it's just hard to tell. But you know, just do a little snoop and see who's who and what's what. Gotcha. Yeah. 
But like I said, Candace had an older brother, and his name was James. And he suffered from s- several psychological issues. Yeah, it's some serious stuff. Yeah. And it was some severe paranoia. And he would get paranoid when he was around people. Yeah, he didn't want to be around people. Not at all. No. You mm-hmm. know, and his mom even said that he didn't believe that she was his, his mom, that somebody had taken her place. Yeah, she'd been replaced by another woman. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he didn't live in the house. Uh, he right. He actually lived in a tent in the woods behind the house. Right. Because of this, you know. And she said, you know, well, you know, when when people weren't home, sometimes he would come in the house and go in and get him food and some stuff like that. But he was just basically living a transient lifestyle, you know. And that's what that's what he liked. That's basically all he could do is with his condition, you know. He wasn't yeah. definitely wasn't working a job if he couldn't, you know, interact with anybody else. But yeah, him. Not him doing that, I mean, that, it worked for him. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Candace, she was very protective of James and defensive of negative. Of anything said about him. Yeah. Like, you know, taking up for the underdog. That was her gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, we're going to move to August the 10th of 2006. All righty. And this is when uh, Fremont. <sighs> All right. Dale's getting pissed off. <laughs> All right. Now, this is uh, when the Fremont County Sheriff's Deputy, Robert Dodd. He came to the Hilt's home, and he was looking for James to question him about a trespassing incident. And he spoke to Candace's mother, Dolores. Mm -hmm. And Candace was there sort of listening in on some of this. And Candace, she got angry with uh, some of Officer Dodd's questioning. Well, his tone and his demeanor and the way he was probably just the way he was talking down to him condescending guy. very yes. yeah very condescending deputy dog deputy dog yeah and Candace couldn't take any more of this and she was she got to shouting at officer dodd yeah you can't talk to her like that yeah can't do this i mean that's the way that's the way Candace was she stuck up for people right officer dodd told her if he kept it up he was going to arrest her it was he was gonna arrest her for Really? You in my house. I think he was just trying to scare her. <laughs> yeah. Her being, being a young kid, maybe. Yeah. Sorry, I'm brilliant. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. But Candace, uh, it was reported by her mom later that she held up her wrist and told him to go ahead and arrest her. Yeah. Go ahead and do it then. Yeah. And she had even told Officer Dodd that she had seen him around town and had witnessed him accepting envelopes from some known drug dealers right. in that area said so, you know if you want to arrest me that's fine you go ahead and do it and i'll be glad to tell everybody at the sheriff's office all about it yeah take me down there and we'll talk about it yeah let's roll yeah but it's about this point when officer dodd he got very aggravated and yeah st- agitated and pissed off and stormed out of the house yeah now right there think about that how many times you know in any situation and you know being uh, law enforcement i'm sure they get hammered with all kind of everything you know people calling them names and telling them this and hollering if it wasn't something to it why would he get pissed off and just leave right, yeah. right in the middle of you know question he came over to question him about you know the trespassing so mm-hmm. then she says if you were something he gets so, so upset and pissed off that he leaves yeah that mm-hmm. don't even make sense she must have struck a nerve yeah so i mean if it wasn't true i mean what the hell what do yeah. you tell tell them all you want I ain't, you know, I ain't yeah because these, these officers man they're they're through with all kinds of stuff said to them oh yeah you know and you just have to let it wash off of you. Right. Bounce all right off. But it, it struck a nerve, I believe. Yeah, definitely. I didn't got pissed off. Now, they lived out in the country. From everything I read, they lived out in the country. Yeah. And they had a dog that stayed outside. It, that dog's name was Jackson. Jackson. And it was about this time, shortly after the, the encounter with Officer Dodd, that Jackson went missing. Right. And there was even a neighbor that had told him that maybe he just went out on a, an adventure. Yeah. And be back in a few days. Either that or maybe a mountain lion grabbed him, but who knows. Yeah. I don't know much about that country, but that's what I'd heard. Yeah. It was possible, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Candace kind of got pissed off about this because she's just thinking back to that altercation with uh, Deputy Dodd. Yeah. And she thinks he had something to do with it. Yeah, she went down to the sheriff's department and had an altercation with him. Yeah. Got into it about the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure uh, that really made him happy. Mm-mm. So she's just stirring shit up now. Yeah. But, you know, who knows what happened, you know. But they said, you know, dogs disappearing isn't an uncommon occurrence when you live out in the woods like that. Right. Or live, you know, out in the country. So the the family wanted to know what happened. They searched around, and yeah. they weren't over too early concerned at this point that the dog might return. 
the family thought that something had happened to the dog. Yeah, it's, you know, that'll get you, man. My dogs, we had three dogs, and one day they just took off and was gone for, it was several days before they mm-hmm. came back. So it's pretty heart-wrenching, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which when you don't have no clue what happened, you know? All right, Dale. Now, just, it was just a few days after this incident that Candace went to the sheriff's office about the dog. Yeah. Uh, Dolores had to run some errands in town with a friend. Yeah. And she really was kind of concerned of leaving Candace at home. She didn't, especially that altercation with uh, Officer Dodd. Yeah, and the dog disappearing. Yeah. Some kind of stuff going on. And plus, um, Candace being there with her 11-month-old daughter, Paige. Mm-hmm. So she, you know kind of felt uneasy about it but she did go and spend a few hours running some errands well you know plus it was noon so it's not like it's dark or middle of the night or anything so. middle of the day yeah but to get rid of these feelings of something weird going on dolores is reported now it ain't confirmed yeah while she was out shopping she just kept getting this weird strange feeling yep and it's reported that she had a friend or spoke to a friend and requested them to check in on candace while she was gone See, that that I don't that bugs me. Why would she just call the house? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, just call the house. I don't understand that. Yeah, and then by this time, everybody pretty much has got cell phones too. So now, right here, let me just just say this: that in researching this case, Dale and I we found a bunch of discrepancies and and stories, dual timelines. Yeah, things happening, things not happening, things happening in a different way, and it's just it's just really weird. Mm-hmm. But so we'll try to give you both, but keep you on track with each other. But Dolores did want the neighbor to check in on Candace while she was gone. One of the events, according to one of the timelines, the family friend, the son of a neighbor, showed up at the home to check in on Candace, but did not find her. Instead, he found an empty house, and Paige was screaming and crying mm-hmm. in her crib. And this part of the story I don't buy. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah, because we'll explain that a little bit later. Yeah. But there was no sign of Candace in the house, and he even described that he would wait there for Dolores to return home so he could explain what was going on. And according to Dolores, she arrived home from her errands around 3.30 p.m. And when she got in the house, she could hear her granddaughter Paige screaming and crying. Yeah, and there was blood pools of blood all over the house and spatter like on the walls and round and pulled up but no candace no sign of candace but dolores rushed to the bedroom to get get paige yeah screaming yeah and when she entered the bedroom she made a terrible terrible discovery well she's seen something look like it was crammed under the bed yeah because the bed was kind of propped up yeah with a computer monitor which is weird yeah but she could see what appeared to be a bundle yeah. and a green comforter. Yeah. And when she pulled it out, she discovered Candace's body. Mm. Now, according to Dolores... Talk about a sick feeling. Yeah. It was apparent that Candace had been shot many times. And uh, it was, she was even quoted as saying that 75% of her head was, was gone. gone. Good Lord. Man. And almost nearly decapitated. Yeah. So now, hang on. So if you go back to the neighbor who's supposed to come over there and got the kid, where the hell was the blood and all that? I mean, if you go in the house and you see that, yeah, it's not like I'm just going to take the baby and hang on. You know, yeah. wait till you get home. So I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But Dolores, she just fell to the floor and and slumped over beside Candace's body and oh. held her hand. Oh my god. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But nine one one was called. Yeah. But there is a number. They still have never released them. Never, that's what I was going to say. No. It's never been released. No. So I'd like, to, I'd like to listen to that. Yeah. Now, the sheriff's department was contacted, and the two officers put in charge were Deputy Briscoe and Deputy Dodd. Damn, Deputy Dodd. Yeah. Why in the hell would, unless you got, what, two deputies in your police force? Now, I don't know how big this police force is, but it's got to be bigger. Right. So, I mean... They already had a confrontation. He's already had an issue with his family. Why in the hell would he be put as lead investigator on this? Exactly. Mm. Here we go. But according to Dolores, it was flawed from the very beginning. And they yeah, did. I mean, I mean, investigations suck, man. Yeah. It was shoddy. 
according to Dolores. Yeah, and that's been nice. Yeah. There was a shoddy job of examining the crime scene, and they did not tape off the area or anything. No, nothing. Yeah. People could come and go as they pleased, and they didn't lock anything down. No. Basically, I only think, from what I heard, they only took about 15 items out of the house. Yeah. And put them in a couple little envelopes, and that's all they took. Yeah. Because they said that uh, after, you know, all this stuff was done and they allowed them to come back into the house, when uh, Dolores went home, the door wasn't even locked, no crime scene tape up or nothing. Mm -hmm. She went in the house, and there was the damn blanket that uh, she was wrapped up in. Um, They left her bloody shirt was laying outside. The computer monitor was still there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's several major pieces of evidence that they didn't even take. I know. It's like, what the hell, people? I, 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 I don't know. But the sheriff's department, they determined right from the beginning of this that Candace had been murdered by her brother James. See, this dude's got a heart on for James for some reason. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why, but it all goes back to that. You know, while he was looking for him to begin with. Yeah. And then they got into it, and then something happened to the dog, and then something happened to her, and then now he's showing up doing the investigation. Yeah. Mm. That's just so messed up. Yeah, he can just drive the car anyway he wants to go. He's chief dog here, you know. Mm-hmm. But the sheriff's deputies, they searched the area, the wooded area around the house. Yeah, looking for James. Yeah. He ain't even worried about documenting the crime scene. No. They, that house was not locked down. It just burns me up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At all. I mean, and this was a hell of a scene. Mm-hmm. There's not any pictures of this, but I can't even imagine the spatters of blood because it was reported that Candace was killed in the living room. It was like from the autopsy report that we're going to talk about a little bit later, it had to have been two people Well, it's, you from know, the direction of the bullets. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm sure you could get around that, but that's that's what we're going to go with because they're saying it was two different shooters. Mm-hmm. But she, this girl had her head blown off with a shotgun and then shot several more times with a reportedly a medium to small caliber handgun. Yeah. I mean, my God, there's got to be so much evidence in that house. I've just, I don't know. Yeah, they didn't even pick up all the shell cases no. or anything. No, she found shotgun shells in the baby crib. Yeah. Shell cases on the floor. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is just ridiculous. And then we're not talking like this is 1935. Mm-hmm. It's like 2006, dude. But while they were searching the surrounding area, sheriffs, deputies, and investigators found the missing dog jackson yeah and that was another thing too it was awful weird because the family had been searching these woods for them a couple days this is only three days yeah three days before she was murdered that the dog disappeared yeah and they had been searching these woods everywhere and guess who found the dog deputy dodd deputy dodd and basically like he walked out there oh look here's the dog and the dog had been tied up to a tree with a rope and then butchered using a small axe or a hatchet or something yeah I mean, just hacked up. Man. My God. And that's pitiful. So if you're not pissed off before, you're pissed off now. Yeah. I'm pissed off. Yeah. This dude, mm, I, I just don't I just don't understand at all. Mm-hmm. Why would anybody kill a dog? And it made, made me wonder, too, if uh, somebody killed the dog, worrying that the dog might attack them. But uh, I don't know. There's, there's so many theories on this. Why well, would you have to go take it and tie it up to a tree and hack it up with an axe? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever done that was, they had a vendetta. That's a cold, cold person. Mm-hmm. But now there is another side of the story in which Candace's family found the dog. Yeah. But there's no evidence on that at all. Yeah. I don't know. I heard that, but I don't know about that either. I think that's one of them. Somebody made that up. But now, following up in their theory on the investigation, they began questioning the family in regard to James's whereabouts and known associates that James may have hung out with. Like he's got associates. Maybe yeah. The man lives in a tent in the woods because he can't hang around his family. He has social disorders. He don't like being around anybody. Yeah, it's just a giant, even been uh, called like a serious phobia. It, you know, it's so bad. Yeah. He didn't like to be around anybody. Yeah. I mean, would you live in a tent in the woods if you had plenty of friends? I mean, you'd be hanging, you'd live it in your own house if you, you know, if you mm-hmm. hanging out with people. Yeah, and it'd been known that James would steal things from neighbors and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, but just to live. Yeah. Not like our TV or something. Yeah. Know? It was still like, you know, stuff to live off of. Food and, I guess, tools and things like that. Yeah, but. and he would come in their house, in his mom's house when they weren't home. He had a butter knife hid under the mat or the front step or something. Yeah. He would, and his mom knew he'd done it and, told, and gave him, you know, permission to do it. Mm-hmm. But he just couldn't come in when other people were there. Yeah. So. But the door... So here it is again. They're just dead set on. So basically, they walked in the damn crime scene and went, "Oh, James did it. Let's get him." Yeah. Don't worry about the rest of this stuff, boys. And we know who done it. But that door that was busted in looked like it'd been used with a crowbar. Yeah, it was uh, some kind of big pry bar or something that broke in. And it was the back door too. Yeah. And so when James ever went in, he he used that butter knife. Yeah. So it didn't, that don't make any sense at so, all. Yeah. So and I'm sure they didn't know that, but I mean, hell. Why would he take a crowbar and break in the damn back door? It, it, none of that made none of their their reasoning makes any sense. Mm-hmm. None. Yeah. Now James had and been. It just gets worse. Yeah. It has been noted that James had been in and out of the Colorado Mental Health Institute due to his illness, and according to his mom, Dolores, James suffered from severe issues. Yeah. I don't think he was associating with anyone. No. And it was also explained to investigators that James did not own any firearms. Uh, nor did he have any access to one. Correct. And between investigators and Dolores lasted over four hours following the examination of the crime scene. And But the family were allowed back into the home, during which time Dolores made several discoveries. Yeah, this is when she goes home and it ain't even locked or no tape or nothing. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, and, you off. It just pissed me off. Yeah, and she started uh, collecting stuff. Yeah. She said the, the family went and bought gloves in uh some container like plastic containers yeah and started collecting evidence and documenting it and taking pictures of it doing the damn police's job because he did such a shoddy job mm-hmm. i said shoddy yep <laughs> and she also found bullet shells laying near the fireplace the blood-soaked comforter in which candace's body had been wrapped in you think about that it was still that's, there that's the main piece of evidence yeah. in the whole case and that, you know she didn't wrap herself up in the damn land no uh-uh. the computer monitor that we talked about yeah. was blood stained. Somebody had to actually handle that to prop that bed up to get that body under there. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But and you know the whole thing about cramming her under the bed was kind of weird, unless somebody had some kind of remorse after doing it. But but the way they they killed her, I don't see nobody having remorse over that. But yep, I mean that was brutal. It and, was like not just take her life. They made damn sure she was. Yeah. Hmm. And the family, they also found a bloody shirt that Candace had been wearing the day she was murdered. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't take anything. No. They took about, like you said, about 15 things. 15 things, a couple of, uh, and put those in a couple of envelopes. They took a piece of paneling and uh, I think a scrap of carpet. Yeah. And, and nothing else. What so, the hell? So, like I said, if you're not pissed off, you, you are now. You think about, I mean, the blanket, dude. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is, like you said, that's the key piece. You know, she didn't put herself in it. Mm-mm. Now, Dolores went down to the sheriff's department demanding answers as to why they left all this stuff behind. And, yeah. And she was asked to speak to Sheriff Jim Beaker. Beaker. Yeah, Beaker. Like on the Muppet Show. Yeah. And Or Detectives Dodd or Briscoe that was in charge. And she was brushed off and told that they were just too busy. Too damn busy? Yeah. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. I would tour her somebody's. But she insisted. <laughs> she insisted on staying until someone would speak to her. Yeah, they sent some young officer out to talk to her later, because nobody ever called her back to talk to her. What the hell was shoddy? I mean, these dudes are hiding something big time. But it was sometime later that Deputy Briscoe arrived back at the home with a search warrant and asked for the container of evidence. So why in the hell would he need a search warrant? Unless that's just legal cover my ass to get it yeah knowing they didn't get it the first time yeah i mean we're she's up here raising hell why didn't you take this stuff and then he shows up we got a search warrant can i get that stuff mm-hmm. now on <sighs> august the 18th this was three days after the murder james hill was found and he was camping out in the rugged copper gulch iron mountain area yeah and this is just southwest of canyon city well they had a them statements out searching as far said you know he was warning this guy is armed and dangerous and could be carrying a rifle or a 22 caliber rifle and all this mess mm-hmm. i tell you man it's all about trying to get him for some reason i don't know what this dude has done or what they thought he done but 
it seems like the whole thing is trying to lay it on him. And he was hit with charges for theft and criminal mischief, according to the sheriff's department. And they believe that James broke into a home from which he stole hatchets and flashlights. And get this, he was held on a $500,000 bond, a half a million dollar bond for stealing a hatchet and a flashlight. Yeah, well, for first and second degree burglary crime, there yeah. are charges. Wow. That is just so insane. You know, he never has been charged or anything, he, and he's still listed probably to this day as a prime suspect. Yeah. Now, they probably just done that so they could get him, put him in custody and probably try to stick him in a mental ward. Yeah, try to get something out of him. Yeah. You know, he, he was found not guilty on that by reason mm-hmm. of insanity, but the only reason he pleaded that was his his uh, lawyer told him to do it, then they remanded him to Colorado Mental, you know. Yeah, but, mental hospital. Yeah, which he went there anyway to whenever he thought he needed it. So I know the guy's got problems, but he, he's not he's not your guy, dude. Yeah. But there was an 11-page autopsy report, and it was released, which showed that Candace was brutally murdered mm-hmm. with very malicious intent, according to the report. Mm-hmm. And Candace was shot a total of seven times, six in the head and one in the chest. This was according to the autopsy report. And it also revealed that not one of, but three guns were used and a shotgun with a medium caliber, like Dale mentioned earlier, and a small caliber handgun was also noted that Candace had been shot, both in the front and back. And the autopsy specified that Candace had been shot in the head from the front with the shotgun, then five times in the back with a smaller caliber gun. With the, you shot once in the chest with a medium caliber gun. That's what is, the report says, what yeah. the report says, yeah. First of all, I don't know about all this. Uh, I don't know how they could tell. I mean, if, if she only had 25% of a head, I'm, I'm, I mean, how are you going to know? Yeah, you don't know. I mean, that's a daggum good. The shotgun blast, I can see you could probably figure that out. But some of that other, I, I don't know. And I, I think even, I think it's a big discrepancy whether it was three guns or two guns. Yeah. But Dolores was pretty angry and disagreed with many of the details of the report. And Dolores contradicts several items listed in the autopsy report stating that it all it's all smoke and mirrors yeah mm-hmm. and you know and they were saying that the path of the bullets were steeply downward like somebody was standing on the couch and that doesn't make sense to me neither yeah and you know they were saying the blood strider, the blood splatter and uh trajectories of the bullets and we're saying that you know the like you said there was a couple people and then sometime was shot simultaneously well that doesn't make a, any sense to me because I mean, I'm thinking if if we're going to shoot somebody and I'm standing in front of them with a shotgun, then I'm going to shoot them in the head. How about you stand behind them and you shoot them in, in the back yeah. while I shoot them in the head? We'll put her between us and shoot. Yeah. Uh, I got a shotgun. What can go wrong? Exactly. Come on, man. And, you know, she's a very, very short girl, 5'2". And this stuff about standing on a, the sofa to make the, the – since the trajectories were in line with that – Maybe she was bent over, you know, or maybe up uh, down on her knees or something. Or so, yeah, exactly, or on her knees or something. Now, only only thing that I could even come up with halfway to make up why you would stand on something would be to disguise your own height. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. What are you gonna do? Wait a minute. I'm gonna climb up on the couch over here and shoot you. Yeah. I don't know, dude. This is just this whole damn thing. And there's even one investigative report that states that Candace's ex-boyfriend, the baby daddy came and and killed her yeah why yeah but nobody even knows his name no i don't and i I don't even know if she even told who the the daddy was right and i mean it's not like she's out to try to get money from him she wasn't there was no child support dispute and there was no his name was not even known and hell far as we know the daddy might not even know he had a kid you know what I mean? That's very true. Because nothing's ever been mentioned of him. You know, maybe they raised him on their own, and that's the way they wanted it. So then that could be by choice or or not by, you know, the dad might not even know, like I said. So um, that's out. I don't believe that. Why, and why the hell would he come over and sh- shoot her? Yeah. For no, for no reason. Yeah, that don't make any sense. No. It, it, this whole damn thing don't make any sense. Mm-mm. And even Dolores thinks that Candace had what they call death tremors. Because she saw a wavy blood pattern on the doorway, in the hall, like down the hallway toward the bedroom. 
Yeah, why, will, why would they drag her back through the house? I don't know. And Dolores even discovered some towels in the laundry that were on the top of the dryer that had been used by one of the assailants to clean themselves off. There's more evidence. Yeah. Now, DNA tests were run on the towels, and it was found to be that of an unknown male, not a family member. Even these specific details of the case were debated, and it's difficult to determine which is accurate of all these. So the only DNA that they run was definitely not a family member. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. A male, not family member. So they, they did. I guess they didn't check no uh, shell cases and try to match it up with anybody's um, deputy's gun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just, this. Yeah. Or bullets or anything like that or. Yeah. They, they didn't try to match anything. Up. Nothing was done. Nothing. I mean, hell, they left out all at the scene. Mm-hmm. But after Candace's death, Dolores took over raising Paige. And, but Paige ended up dying six years, one month, and three days after Candace. Right. But Dolores is quoted as saying that she believes they are together again. Mm. And it's always like a nightmare that never ends. Yeah, it's pretty sad. You know, that baby they was worried about she shouldn't even live, and she outlived her, her mom. Yeah, that's crazy. But Dolores filed a formal complaint with the state attorney general's office alleging mismanagement of the crime scene. And she provided photographs she took of all this stuff and put forth a theory that one of the members of the Fremont County Sheriff's Department may have been involved in Candace's murder. Well, I don't know if one of them was directly involved, but if this guy was paying off drug dealers, he had plenty of people in his pocket he could have to do stuff. Yeah. You know. But this case just uh, it sat still for many years after that. Nothing happened. Yeah. Up until December of 2016, which wasn't too long ago. And which we're going to talk about a guy named Rick Ratzlaff. Now, he was a former streetcar racer, and he had an extensive history of a lot of negative interactions. Interactions with the police. Yeah, he put it mildly. So they knew who he was. Oh, yeah, they had some run-ins together. Now, he had uh, shown up at a mini storage area. Yeah, Dawson Ranch mini storage. Yeah, they were auctioning off some units that nobody had paid for they'd quit paying on their bill and they were going to auction them off you yeah, know you like, like a storage wars or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah but he's showing up there to to bid on them and they opened the door you know and you you can't go in and look but you can sort of look from the outside and see what's in there yeah and he was looking at one and he saw one that had some uh, like a police car lights yeah and he saw them in there and said i'd like to have one of them so yeah. that's one of the reasons he started bidding on it mm-hmm. and he ended up buying that storage unit for 50 bucks 50 bucks and he didn't have any idea what would be in there but they got to going through it and they found get this shell casings hatchets and what really got him was bloody clothes yeah and a big envelope said evidence on it yeah and he also found a piece of rope and blood soaked socks mm-hmm and he also found uh, the lights off of, of police cars. He kept digging, and they found some uniforms. Yeah, that had the name of, get this. Deputy Dodd. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah, name, name on the uniform. sewn onto the uniform. Yeah. And it was his unit. Yeah. And after they got to checking into it, he was the one who had the unit and had let it lapse and didn't pay for it. Yeah. <clears throat> All this stuff in there that had to be stolen out of the police basement, the storage basement. Yeah. But Rick Ratzlaff immediately contacted Sheriff Beaker, who admitted that he believed the evidence uh, found was from the investigation into Candace Hill. Well, when he first admitted, when he first said he had it, uh, they come to him and said, uh, so uh, here you have a storage unit that used to be an officer's. And he said, yeah. He said, well, can we get it? He goes, well, I don't know about that. And he goes, well, just so you know, your life could be in danger. What the heck? Right off the bat. Yeah. That's almost like a threat. Yeah, almost. Well, it is a threat, yeah. <laughs> he didn't go, well, you got a dog? I mean, we could start there. Yeah. But damn, you know, this mm-hmm. dude's, mm, yeah. I, this, this Deputy Dodd, man, I, he's a shady dude. Yeah, all the way around. 
you know, even some members of Dodd's family have had uh, contacted uh, Ratzlaff through Facebook Messenger and offered to buy back the contents, saying that they, they had uh, some childhood memories in there and he wanted to get them. Yeah, which I kind of get that in a way. Yeah, well. Pictures yeah. and whatnot. Pictures and, you know, bloody clothes, axes, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know. family mementos. Yeah. Yeah. Some of your conquests. But time went by, and he Ratzlaff hadn't responded back to him because I guess he's not on Facebook that much. That's yeah, what he said. That's and, what he said. And didn't get the message. Yep. So he's starting. He was getting harassed other ways. Mm-hmm. Was, they even uh, impounded his vehicles. Yeah. This is when um, Rick Ratzlaff and his wife Erin they went to the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they felt threatened by their earlier conversation well, heck, yeah. about their harassment. And Rick, he asked his wife. Aaron to secretly record the conversation. I ended up going to a storage auction on December 17th and um, the weather was really bad. I wasn't going to go and something kept telling me I needed to go. I got a call from um, Biker, the sheriff. Yeah, he called me and you know, said that I heard you got a unit with things in it, evidence, and I said, yeah. I kind of explained a few items to him, and and he said it was a, a case that he knew, and that my life could be in danger, you know, kind of made it like a, kind of like a threat that I needed to give him everything in there that pertained to the murder case. So I went up there, and I had my ex-wife record in there and just the panic he had. He was sweating pretty hard and nervous. <laughs> um, deer in the headlight look, but at the same time trying to butter me up. You know, I just went along with it. Oh man, I don't, this is odd. Rick's being real cooperative, so we could, take that and look at all this stuff. I just, I don't know if we sit here and do it up here right now, how you want to go about it. They're not supposed to take evidence home. Something's well, not right. You're not that, cop and you that was ask. kind of discerning. Well, can I ask you this? It's here. Okay, if we put, if you give me a truce here for your other complaints against us, would you be willing to let us go through it all? They stepped outside to talk about what they would do, how they would handle this. And they're out there a little bit, came back in and said, uh, what we're gonna do is call CBI and I want you to leave this locker open, just close the door, don't lock it. And I will, I will post an officer here to watch it until CBI can come and, and pick up all the evidence. Let me, let us get our head together because it's kind of, uh, yeah. So. Thanks for giving us some time. So we drove away and about 10 minutes later he had called and he wanted to know the code to the gate to get out. She got a key and a code. So I was like, well that's weird. I gave him the code and, he, and he's like, okay, thanks. And you know, hung up. I told my, my ex-wife, I said, um, they didn't have a, an officer there and they didn't have CBI come that quick from Pueblo. He went in there and took everything I told her. So we immediately drove right back up there and we went in the gate and went to the unit. I opened up the door and it was, everything was turned upside down in there and the evidence was gone. briefly looked at the items that uh, remained in the uh, storage unit and um, I immediately contacted the Carl Bureau investigations regarding the matter. Um, with their consultation and cooperation, they asked myself and Captain Worley to catalog and to photograph the items that were in the unit and to, to collect them and secure them uh, and bring them to the Sheriff's Office to place in our evidence lockers. On January 3rd, uh, they agreed and sent two agents to meet me here at the Sheriff's Office and I, I, uh, um, I turned the entire matter over to the Colorado Bureau Investigations for further investigation. As a result of that, um, 
uh, investigation, we have placed Lieutenant Robert Dodd with the Fremont County Sheriff's Office on routine administrative leave pending the outcome of that investigation. Uh, and because it's active, as you all understand, until they're able to complete their investigation, we will not be releasing any further information until they've had a chance to do that. But now Sheriff Beaker, he contacted the Colorado Bureau of Investigation and he photographed the items before placing them into evidence and handed them over to the CBI who would be taking over the case. In regard to Dodd, he was placed on routine administrative leave pending the outcome of this investigation. He should be put in jail. Yeah, he should be put under the jail. Administrative leave, I mean, the stuff in that locker should be enough to put him in. Yeah. It didn't just get there itself. Yeah. And no one from the CBI or the Sheriff's Department informed the family about the evidence, and they learned it from the media. Yeah, the axe and the rope were from the dog killing. Yeah, and it was in the storage. They were from the dog killing. You hear me, people? In this personal storage unit. In this personal storage unit, the bloody rope and the axe from the damn dog killing. But Dolores believed the discovery of this evidence in uh, Officer Dodd's storage unit it just reinforced her belief that he yeah. had been involved. Yeah. And it should vindicate James right away. You know, yeah. they should say, well, you need to get off his ass because look at this. I mean, it's a whole pile of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. you know, this has been, this is 10 years, you know, they've been getting blamed, basically. Yeah, James this. was getting blamed for yeah, this. Yeah, 10 years. Mm-hmm. As a key suspect. Right. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it believed that, uh, Dolores believed anyway that, uh, Officer Dodd had stole the evidence from the basement of the sheriff's office. Yeah. And he did it to either protect himself or someone else. You know, and I mean, I don't know. hadn't been in this police station, but I don't know. You always see most time they have to have evidence checked out or signed out or somebody knows it's gone. I mean, It's under lock and key. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what kind of Mickey Mouse police station or police force they got out there, but, hmm. dude, it's just like, well, come on in and grab you a bucket of stuff, take it home with you. Keystone cops? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 sad what it is. That whole damn place needs to be gutted and redone. Now, the Fremont County attorney, Brenda Jackson, stated that the sheriff's department, uh, that disclosure of records would be contrary to the public's interest as the records are part of the criminal justice investigator files mm-hmm. and are actively being reviewed by law enforcement agencies in connection with the investigation. And a second request was filed in February and again denied later in february well, this and, is ridiculous i mean and the the autopsy report you were reading from a while ago was only released now this 10 years later yeah 10 years and it was it only came out because the media started digging in and trying to file for you know request to get to get stuff but they still won't uh, release the 911 call now how can that you know be have vital information in, in it unless it's just something to make the cops look even worse mm-hmm because, you know, it's not going to have something that's going to blow up their investigation because there's not an investigation anyway. So, Now, on January the 31st of 2017, the Fremont County Sheriff's Department, they denied the daily records request for the 911 transcripts. Right. Now, get this. On April the 23rd of 2017, Officer Robert Dodd retires from the Fremont County Sheriff's Office. Aww. Yeah. Now, on May the 4th of 2017, this is just a, like a week later, the district attorney's office files charges against Deputy Dodd, which includes two counts of second-degree official misconduct and abuse of public records. Oh, wow. Yeah. And additional evidence allegedly belonging to Dodd was discovered in a Penrose landfill. Hmm. Yeah, I think he had uh, taken a dumpster from where he lived in the... Uh when they got there, they said they always have to go through all the dumpsters, you know, for uh, hazmat reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started finding some uh, items yep. in this dumpster. And when they uh, found the stuff, they found a computer, an envelope marked evidence that contained a DVD video labeled uh, as containing sexual assault investigation interview and a tackle box marked Fremont County Sheriff's Office Crime Scene Unit Forensic Lights. Yeah, and a big fat envelope with what looked like criminal investigation paperwork in it. Yeah. I mean... In the landfill, man. In the landfill. 
Yeah, this Deputy Dodd, man, he is a he's a piece of work. Mm, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't what I'd say. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's yeah. a piece of shit. That's what he is. Yeah, he is. That's being nice. Yep. Now this uh Orton guy that found the stuff in the landfill, yeah. he contacted the district attorney's office but received no response. Yeah. So he reached out to Rick Ratzlaff, who was the guy that bought the storage unit, mm-hmm. who in turn contacted Tracy Harmon, who was a reporter for the Pueblo Chieftain. And Harmon arrived at the landfill and according to her statement, uh, as I reached the front of the gate I tried to contact District Attorney Molly Chilson to alert her about the evidence. I got her cell phone voicemail and left a message. And it was at this point, Harmon worked in conjunction with Orton at collecting the evidence among the debris. It was an envelope marked as evidence that contained the DVD. Yeah, all this stuff we yeah. were just talking about. Man. Yeah. It's, you know, the tackle box and the sexual assault investigation the interview and all this stuff. He just threw it in the damn landfill. Now, uh, Sheriff's Office uh, Sergeant Detective Megan Richards said in an email that uh, she has no official knowledge of the events reported to the Chieftain articles. Now, on June 6, 2017, Officer Dodd, well, he's not officer anymore, he's just Robert Dodd, he was to appear for his court date, but instead his attorney, Randy Jorgensen, appeared in place of him setting a date for a pretrial conference on July the 17th, which was two days later. Now, on June 8th, District Attorney Chilson announced that a second investigation was being launched by the Colorado Bureau of Investigation to examine the evidence and examine recovered from the Pimrose Landfield on Wednesday, August 30th. Dodd was scheduled for a pretrial conference but only appeared via telephone at that time. His attorney made it known to the court that the district attorney's office had placed a plea bargain on the table. Yeah, what the hell. Yeah, and he stated that he would be discussing the plea bargain with his client, but their discussion was based partially on whether or not more charges were issued yeah and, and Dolores was in the courtroom that day and she was just disgusted you know that a deal was even being offered nobody's doing anything and nothing was going to be done regarding her daughter's murder yeah it's, it's pitiful yep so let me just run down some numbers for you dale okay now during the calendar year of 2017 the fremont county sheriff's office paid nearly ninety thousand dollars to 10 sheriff's officers while they were on paid administrative leave. Hmm. Yep. $89,954.82 yeah. exact. Yeah. Robert Dodd received $20,451 while on leave between January 1st and April 23rd of that year. Four months. Yeah. And Bruce Briscoe was paid $18,904.81 while on leave under the investigation. That's crazy. And it just goes on down. There were several others that that lesser lesser dollar amounts, but that's crazy, man. Yeah. All these officers are out on paid leave. Yeah. Ninety plus thousand dollars. Waste. That's that's your tax money, people. Yeah. This dude got twenty thousand dollars for three months. Yeah. I don't know for some people that might not be a lot, but it, to me that sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. Especially when you're out because you're guilty as hell. Mm-hmm. And Candace's brother, James, I mean, he was sitting in a mental health hospital Yeah. during this time. And, and anytime he had a chance to get out, the deputies would all show up and say, don't let him out. He's still a suspect in his sister's murder. Yeah. While this cat's at home. They made sure they showed up. Yeah, getting thousands of dollars. Yeah. Now, because of all this, there was alleged corruption of the sheriff's department. Really? Yeah. And the public led an outcry that Jim Beaker, the sheriff, had been referred to as a cover-up king. Yeah, they were trying to get rid of him. Yeah, between 2011 and 2015. Right. And between that time, the inmate deaths at the county jail more than doubled. Doubled? Yeah. Felony cases had also doubled? Yes. And a petition had been raised at, uh, to, to remove the sheriff, and basically saying, you know, from uh, including uh, the harassment of uh, Rick when they, Rick Radcliffe when they uh, you know, impounded all his cars, the, the murder of uh, Candace, and uh, actually in a uh, missing federal agent. Mm-hmm. Now, how does a federal agent go missing? Exactly. You know, it's just a lot of a lot of mess here. Mm-hmm. The death of inmate John uh, Patrick Walter 
when she was named in the defendant's wrongful death lawsuit, the sheriff was named to, you know, his, uh, the defendant. And it was also a wrongful death lawsuit in the case of Christy Humphrey. She was a daycare worker who was charged with neglect, resulting in the death of uh, a child there. And there were numerous reports of neglect and safety violations, none of which were followed up by the sheriff's department. And this um, Christy Humphreys happens to be married to a police officer. And finally, the Canyon City High School sexting scandal, in which 351 sexually explicit images of minors were being passed around by students of the high school. At least 106 of these students were found to have child pornography on their phones. And no charges were ever filed. Not one. Mm-mm. Not so there's one. there's some shitty stuff going on at the Fremont County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, I mean they need they just need to clean house. But all this that evidence is in that locker is contaminated. Yeah, so they, they can't use it. They can't use it at all. And pretty much anything that uh, the Lord's gave them, they would also say. You know, it would have been, you know, contaminated, whether mm-hmm. it had been or not. You know, even though we had the trouble to go get gloves and bag it and tag it and put it in plastic bins for them, it still would say, you know, it's, it, there was no, uh, like, sealed crime scene. Yeah. Now, on March the 4th of 2020, Officer Dodd had been found guilty of abuse of public records. Boy, they're going to get him, ain't they? From 2018, in which two counts of official misconduct Mm -hmm. and this was in regards to the storage locker under his name containing the evidence and he is scheduled to serve 15 days in jail 15 15 days yeah 15 whole days yeah Mm -hmm. and he's appealed that Mm -hmm. yeah i think they initially um gave him what was 180 days yeah and then they cut his sentence down to 15 yeah and he appealed it yeah (laughs) So this whole county is corrupt in my book. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think James... Well, James has never actually been charged with anything to do with Candace's murder. No. But he does remain at the top of the sheriff's suspect list. Mm-hmm. He was sent to the Colorado Mental Health Institute, and it has been reported that uh, he enjoys staying there. He does some counseling and stuff there. So maybe he has uh, made some progress and... yeah. Trying to uh, counsel other people, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit more social around around people. Mm-hmm. That's don't, it doesn't, none of this makes sense, man. I mean, you know, it, it, all the way back to the autopsy and being a couple people shot simultaneously and all this, how, how in the hell can you tell that? Uh, I, I mean, it's just a lot of... It seems like every fact that they come up with made no sense. I know. And any, any chance that they had of getting actual facts, they didn't care to even pick up. So it's just, this whole damn case is just baffling to me. It makes no sense to me at all. None of it. Mm-mm. And the poor girl was a, a brilliant, brilliant, young, beautiful girl. Who knows, man, what she could have done with that brain that she had. I know. And, and then they just go in there and splatter it all over the damn wall mm-hmm. for nothing. Kill a dog. And this dude's got to be, he's neck deep in it, and there ain't no way you can make me believe otherwise. Yeah. And then, I don't know, what, does he volunteer to go be head of the damn investigative task force and rolls up? If I was her mama, I'd take a shovel and beat him to death when he pulled up in the yard. Yeah. Went. In my eyes, Robert Dodd is a number one suspect. Was, yeah. Candace threatened him. I mean, she, she knew something. Yeah, now, that was, you know, I think the, going back to that, it was kind of a hearsay, you know, that her mom said that she said it, but why would she make it up? Mm-hmm. You know, it may have, maybe she did say it. Who knows? But, I mean, something set him off. You know, like we said, he just kind of pissed off and walked out. I've never seen that before when the police come to interrogate slash interview somebody about something. They're going to ask questions they get tired of asking and then leave. Yeah. It's not going to be, well, I'm pissed off and just stomp out of the house. He's pissed off. Pissed off, man. And then he gets nothing for it. A couple mm-hmm. days. And then he he's living in somewhere in Texas now, I think. Yeah. But this case is still ongoing. And the Colorado Bureau of Investigation has taken over the case. So? What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, all nothing. the evidence is tampered. Yeah. There's a lot of YouTube videos on this. And 
different things you can watch and other podcasts have covered this but we want to do it to keep this case yeah. in the light in the spotlight when you see deputy dodge a smackable face you'll know it yeah it definitely is yeah he's a piece of work man mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right we're going to get out of here all right we need to go i gotta decompress all right <laughs> we want everyone to be safe be careful and always be aware of your surroundings because the next episode could be about you this is the, the crack, crack house chronicles, chronicles.